Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Fuck, bro. I've known you for ages, eh? Yeah. Since primary school. Since primary. Like through high school. 16 years. And fuck, man. Like, it's pretty crazy to see, like, everything that's just happened in your life. Like, we just did a... We did, like, a 40-minute walk around Nepean River. Yeah. It was a very nice walk, actually. I re- highly recommend it. Um, and Carly was just telling me everything that he's been going through and what he's been doing with his life and stuff. And fuck, he's been doing a lot, man. Yeah, it's been a heck of a ride so far. Yeah, I bro. would say, yeah. Fucking hell. Tell me, man, like, start from the beginning. Like, I, I know you were into, like, the partying scene a bit. Yeah, like, so... Like, straight, straight, just start straight from high school, like, after high school, like, what you were doing okay. and stuff. Yeah. So, grad- graduated high school with an 80-something ATAR, I can't remember. Mm. But, um, I decided to, like, apply for uni, as mm. most high schoolers did back then yeah. as well, because that's what they believed that yeah. they had to do. I didn't give a fuck, eh? Yeah. I did not ATAR. I just, I wanted to enjoy year 12 and year 11 with my mates. Yeah. That was, like, my whole concept. That's- each, each, each of their own. Yeah, right? yeah. But I, I had no fucking clue anyway. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, straight out of high school, apply for uni, get the degree, like get accepted into the degree, mm-hmm. and start uni. And so that's where that's where the partying began as well. It's like, I'm Macquarie University. I, I discovered that there was a bar. Right. Uh, yeah. and Yuba. So, Yuba. Yuba. And the so, good old Yuba. I don't even, even go to Macquarie and I've been to Yuba. That's it. That's it. Yuba was the shit, man. And um, and so that I discovered Yuba. And mm. I also discovered the gym. Right. Mm. And so utilizing both, like I decided, hey, you know what? I can go out and party and still train and I'll still look and feel okay. Mm. Like, yeah. Completely wrong. But like I I didn't know it at the time. People do that, eh? They, they they go, they party hard and then they train hard as well to like try and balance it out, but it doesn't work yeah. like that. It, it doesn't it does not work like that. You're missing something. It's called commitment. But yeah. I wasn't committed to either and that led to a stray. Yeah. And so partying, drinking, like whatever you name it, I drunk it, right? If <laughs> Honestly, if you if you told me that urine was alcoholic, I probably would have drunk it too, right? Like, have you ever drunk urine? No, no. Um, not a golden shower or anything. Nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Uh, I'm yeah. getting so much shit for this. No, nah, it's alright. And um, but it was it was just definitely just a momentary lapse of judgment, and I just went, hey, you know what? I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'll just drink and yeah. I'll just party and I'll do this because like school tortured me for like 13 years just being disciplined and stuff like that. I'm gonna, I'm going out to do, do my own thing. Yeah. And so I was studying and working and drinking. Like those are literally the three main things I was doing. Yeah. Right. Most of the time, barely studying. Right. And just mostly working and drinking. Right. Work was like I was working at Dan Murphy's yep. when I left high school and like you were studying psychology at uni yes yep. that's okay, right yep, yeah yep. I was studying psychology at uni yep. and I was working at Dan Murphy's simultaneously yep. and so as I was studying and getting annoyed at the fact that like I didn't really commit myself like I, I blamed everyone else right yeah. like, like I blamed the lecturers and the teachers and whatnot mm. just for not getting educated like which is completely wrong yeah. right but in a sense, instead of doing anything about it, I just complained to other people and drunk, mm. right? And so drinking wor- your sorrows away. <laughs> well, that's it. And so, um, working working at Dan Murphy's just it completely exacerbated it because now all of a sudden I just had 
not only did I have that drinking complaining mindset, but I was working with a bunch of people my age who had exactly the same mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got in I got into that crowd. Like mm. there were like there were lots of drugs involved. Like didn't touch drugs or anything like that. Haven't I haven't at all. I've only ever touched weed once. Right. Mm. But um otherwise I haven't touched drugs since. But I was still surrounded by those people that were just drinking constantly just yeah. subscribing to gossip like whether it was at work or yeah. talking shit about the customers or something like that yeah. it was just it was just completely not where you want to be no yeah now now yeah. i say that yeah right back, back then, then yeah. i had no idea yeah. right but in saying that like i was just in a place where i felt you know what drinking is just giving me freedom like i feel like a completely different person like because other people are drinking and my mates are drinking and like I'm not around that disciplinary mentality, right? I thought, hey, you know what? I'll just go wild. And I did that. Yeah. And so... I think, that's, I think that's how people get trapped as well with the drinking because it makes them feel a certain way. Yeah. And they love that feeling. They just get hooked on it. Yeah, I agree. Like, and so... And that, that's exactly how I felt. And so it was just party after party after party, like... There was a whole array of parties that we went to, yeah. just like year 11, year 12, mm. right? And then after that, like, there were so many more. On right? that, though, those parties were the best. That was those, lit. That the, was the lit. year 11, year 12, the Asian parties as well. That was lit. Wow. Asians know how to party, man. That was, that was lit. <laughs> All the whole parties. Wow. That was lit. Good memories. And, um, and so, like, it was just pretty much work, 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 work. And drink, 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 drink. Right. Yeah. So I didn't go to I didn't go to too many uni parties and whatnot. Yeah. It was just more I was drinking with the crew at work, right? Where yeah, I was working yeah. is I was basically working there full time. Mm-hmm. Right. I was supposed to be studying full time and working there part time, but it turned out that I was working full time and barely studying at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just scraped past two exams out of the four that I had, right? And I just decided to defer. And I haven't looked back since. Yeah. And so Moving on to just working, right? I was just working, working, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'll go on a holiday. And move your hand. And okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll go, I'll go on a holiday, and I decided to go to Europe, right? So the whole trip, the whole trip was supposed to be seven weeks, <laughs> and so that got cut short by three weeks because I went to the hospital for a heart condition. Right, this was the second time. The first time happened. So you went to hospital twice. I did go to hospital twice. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, for the same thing, right? Like differently, like like different parts of the heart, right? But pretty much for the same Wait, reason. So this heart condition, this happened while you're over at Europe. No, 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 no. This happened before I was supposed to leave. A week, week okay. out, I was supposed to leave. Okay. Right for Europe. Right. So the first time, just for the listeners, was um, I went to schoolies after straight after high school, right. We got all down drunk and did all the things we did, right? Then came back and the Stereosonic Festival was on in Sydney, the very last one, right? And we got messy there, right? And then that Sunday, I landed in hospital for two weeks with a heart condition, right? What Do you know what type of heart condition? So it was called pericarditis, right? And what pericarditis is essentially is that in your heart, you have you have a tool which is called your pericardium, which helps you manage your heartbeat, right? And minimize contraction. Right, because on both sides you've got two sides of pericardium and then you have pericardial fluid, right, that flows through the pericardium. Well, this condition I didn't have any fluid at all, right? So it just felt like I was having a heart attack, right? And 
mostly because due to the drinking and dehydration and whatnot, Your right? Was just it it evaporated, up. right? And my heart was beating so fast, right? Getting drunk and whatnot, right? That I was pumping literally too much blood for the amount of fluid that I actually had, right? So that was the first one. That's why right. I have your salt kitties. Salt, salt's good for you. <laughs> salt's good and water and sleep. And, um, and, so, and I didn't do any of those things at school. Anyway, yeah. right. Coming back to the second trip, right? So the second trip was myocarditis, right? Which you have the other side of the pericardium, which is your myocardium, mm. right? And so that was contracting as well rapidly, right? And because I had no pericardial fluid, because that shit doesn't just come back, right? Like I had another episode in the hospital, right? So now, continue, like continuing on, like I have to make sure that I'm continuously drinking water, Right, or otherwise, like I will get lapses where I feel like that I probably need to go to the hospital. Shit. Right, so this so that's is stuck with you. Now. Yeah, so this is going to be lifelong now, right? Wow. And so I decided to go like on a holiday, right, to Europe, right. So <laughs> when I went, like when I went, so the whole trip. In was, what time frame is this happening? Like, is this so school has happened after year twelve, and then when did you go to? Europe? Okay, so. In between, in between schoolies and Europe, there was there was a two year period, right? So okay, I went to I went I went to Europe at twenty, yeah. right? So I turned eighteen, I got all drunk at uni, did all of that. Then I did all uni at nineteen, right? And so that whole year being nineteen, I just worked and did uni, yeah, right? Yeah. So the following year, right, I decided I deferred uni. And I was just going to work full time at Dan Murphy's, right? Yeah. And then about a quarter of the way or a third of the way through the year, I thought, you know what? I'm going to save up for a holiday. I'm going to go to Europe for the summer, right? <laughs> for their summer, yeah. right? And so I saved up. Like I did all of that that I needed to do. And um, I was told also just for extra security, just in case you overspend, grab a credit card. Like I didn't know any better then, right? But credit so, cards, so, man. Credit cards got, are the worst. Yeah, so I got I got a credit card, right? I don't have one now. I don't yeah. intend on having one anymore, right? It's completely useless. But um, or I mean, it's not useless. I guess you know like, how to use it. Yeah, I guess like they can be used as tools if you have a, like a certain like if you're if you know what you need and what the, what you need the money for, then they'd be very useful. But if you have a credit card and you're just buying fucking LV bags and shit like that, then it's just yeah, you're it's completely killing yourself. Well, see, if, you, if you're getting a credit card, but you've got constant flow of income coming in, you'll be able to pay that back yeah. because the first question you should be asking when you spend money is how am I going to make that money yeah, back, bro, yeah. right? And so I didn't have that mentality back then, yeah. right? So like back on that, just extra security decided, hey, I'm going to get a credit card. So mm-hmm. I've got like five grand on this credit card, right? And so I traveled to Europe, right? And I did this whole escapade where first week I was with my family because I'm Czech and from the Czech Republic mm-hmm. so I've got relatives in the Czech Republic That's so cool. I went out to see them That's right got really drunk there and there and the thing is right statistics show that the, the Czechs are the highest consumers of beer right by a long margin oh, right shit. and so the thing is down the I just went I just went and had to live up to the expectation yeah. right and <laughs> live up to the expectation I did right? <laughs> one night I went out with my uncles right my uncle was 68 at the time right and my other uncle was 71 at the time mm. right and we went to four pubs and down 15 beers each and so like yeah. we had four beers a pub do they have like do they just have like normal schooners and pints no or like, do they have steins they have steins Fuck. 
Only Steins. Wow, that's mental. Like they had, they had. Um, Steins are huge, yeah, bro. They're like yeah, a leader. Yeah, leaders. you had fifteen. I had fifteen. Fuck me, dead. Fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. Right, like I was, I was in Fairyland, right. Um, and so, and the thing is, when I was that drunk, I didn't even know where Fairyland was, right. You and wouldn't so, have known you were human at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's literally how I felt. Like, and the worst part is, I still remember getting drunk too. Right? Uh, and like, I, rem- I remember pretty much three quarters of it, right. Yeah. Like, there are probably black spots that I don't, but like, that's completely not unusual. Mm. And so, um, anyway, right. First week it was the Czech Republic, right. Then the following week was Croatia, right. And I've gone to Croatia to split, and so Croatia is just—it's—it's it's a big country, right? But where all the action happens are on the islands. I'd love and to so, go there, bro. And I was supposed to go there this year, but fuck. Split's amazing. Yeah, I, I personally, I personally think Split's better than um, Mykonos. What's the other place called? Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik. Yeah, bro. I went there too. I, I was one of the islands. Split and Dubrovnik. That, yeah. Which one's which one's the one where Game of Thrones was was filmed? Dubrovnik. Oh, wow, Dubrovnik. Yeah, I saw the castles the there. Yeah, yeah, um, right. and so I um I did I did Croatia right, and so it was a it was a seven day sail right, and then the last three days we spent at Ultra Music Festival there, mm. and so I did I did the I did the seven day sail. So we started in Split, then we went to an island called honestly can't remember. It was one of those yeah. islands where. We didn't stay for too long. Like that it was, was just a, like an island hopping yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was an island hopping thing, right? But the the second island after that was an island called Havar, right? And Havar is an absolutely stunning island, right? It's it's one of those it's one of those picturesque islands. It's not mm. it's not too much where you go out and you party and stuff like that. It's more about where you just chill. But at the same time, like there were party yeah, clubs party, there, yeah. right? Like I've only ever I've ever only smoked once, like a cigar once, and it was in Havar. Right, so cigars have nicotine in as well. Yeah, They're good for studying as well. <laughs> yeah, you don't and like so, it. <laughs> and so, nah. And I couldn't, I couldn't stand it then. But I was so drunk that, and I bought the cigars. Like I got, I got to smoke the thing. Yeah. Right. So I smoked it there, and that's the only ever time that I've ever smoked a cigar yeah. other than weed. Right. And so, Havar is absolutely stunning. Then Dubrovnik came around. So we did Dubrovnik, and we did like the whole. The, the castle wall walk where like Game of Thrones was filmed mm-hmm. um, we saw all the sites there and whatnot right but I'm also I'm also an adrenaline junkie like mm. I have to like I have to just get a thrill out of something what's right. the biggest thing you've done like skydiving have you done skydiving I haven't done skydiving yet that, that's coming and I haven't done bungee jumping either right but I've done like a more freestyle style bungee jumping which was jumping off cliffs yeah, into water yep. right and so i've done that i've done that multiple times here like with people around me however i've also done it twice overseas in croatia where i had nobody that i knew right like uh, i was just coming up with excellent ideas left right and center like when i was yep, 20 yep. right brilliant. all these brilliant right. great ideas that you thought were fucking amazing and yes shit and happens. they were they were they were amazing but at the same time like you reflect now and you just go yeah. what on earth were you thinking Right, and so one of those one of those instances was in Dubrovnik. So they go, oh, there's this place called Buja Bar, and when you go to Buja Bar, like there's a big cliff right next to it that you can jump off. It's about twenty five meters high, right? I'm like, all right, cool. Let's where's Buja Bar, <laughs> right? And so we've gone and we've found the spot. Literally, the cliff, like the bar is on the cliff, right? Like you walk in, right? It's like a little. 
it's like a little esplanade down and um, the bar is literally on the cliff, right? So as soon as you look up, you can just see the wall about yeah. 70 meters high, right? Yeah. It's just on the cliff, right? And so, and there's a ledge and on that, on that ledge is where the people jumped off. It was about 25 meters high, right? Not many people jumped off it, right? Mm. There was a smaller one, which was about 10 meters high and all you had to do was just walk down, yep. right? But I said, I'm not here for sport. I'm going to jump off the big one, yeah, right? Okay. And so, mind you, like to get to the ledge, you had to walk literally, it was just a narrow causeway, right? And had you tripped, like you were falling you're off, you're, you're falling off the cliff. That's dump, so sketchy. Right. And so, oh, it was sketchy. Right. And the cliff wasn't even that big. Like, yeah. honestly, the cliff would probably be maybe my kitchen space, right? Which isn't very big. Oh, and wow. so, like, it was either you're going to lean against the wall and not find your way back because you didn't jump or you're going to jump off this thing. Right. So... I ended up jumping off this thing. It was literally a really exhilarating feeling. And um, so that was one of two instances that I jumped off cliffs overseas. Mm -hmm. So the second instance was the following island that we went to, right? And so that island was called Makaska, right? Makaska is just an absolutely picturesque island where just envision yourself in like clear blue water, right? With just mountains everywhere mm. right it's just amazing. it's just yeah it, it is just absolutely serene right and so the the bartender on the ship that i was on was harping on to us about oh there's a 50 meter cliff there you're not going to jump off it and the first thing i thought was yes i am right and so me and like six other people went out to go find this cliff right three of us jumped off right so one person's jumped off Right, he's landed in the water. He's he fine. He, he was okay. Like he was winded. Right, yes. fifty meters is high. That's so even if you hand, even if you land in the water, well, right, like you'd have to land like a pencil, basically, just basically. straight through the water. And he didn't land like a pencil. Oh, right, none of us did. No right? good. And so, um, then I was to jump. Right, so this cliff also had a ledge in front of it. Right, so you couldn't just pin drop off the cliff because there was another rock about ten meters down in front of it, which was poking out right in front of the cliffs you had to take a running jump right to jump off this thing right and not hit the rock underneath you right and so i've taken a running jump right and i've jumped off this cliff right and i'm literally counting mississippis right like i counted like eight mississippis before i jumped to the end of the water <laughs> right like it was long yeah. right but during that time right the wind's blown right so there was a high wind right which i already knew before i jumped but i jumped anyway right there was a high wind which has taken me back towards the cliff. So I was probably social distancing measures away <laughs> from the cliff. Jeez, right. Later. And yeah. like I was and the thing is, I I twisted in the air as well. So I was facing the cliff. Right. So it was literally wow. it so was everything just, that you were supposed to do just like full fucked up when you jumped off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. Well. Completely. And then the thing is, it's just like I saw my life in my eyes, right? And so that that was pretty much, I didn't know what it meant then, right? But now like with reading and whatnot, like I've come to understand that that's the brain releasing a hormone called DMT. And so, but otherwise, yeah, I jumped off the cliff, nearly fucking died. And I just got a giant bruise on my hamstring for my troubles, right? And, and a life. 
I wish like and I a could life. somehow show you the fucking the photo that you showed me of the of your leg. Like, but this is it. Like the thing is, it wasn't just the hamstring bruises. Yeah. Like I'm alive. Yeah, like, that's it. Like I could have landed completely differently, and we wouldn't yeah. probably be doing this podcast today. Yeah, like man. it was. It, it honestly is, honestly, an absolute blessing that I landed the way I did. And hey, you know what? I jumped off. Would you do it again? Well, I don't know. Like, I'd have to think about it. But, yeah. but slightly on the conservative end than the progressive end. And so that was a really entailing experience because then I spent the next eight hours trying to figure out what things were in the white hospital that I was in, in Croatia. Croatia when, when I went back to... I went back to Split, right? Because Makarska was the last island that we went to before we went back to Split on the sail. And so I got back to split and the first thing I did was to find a hospital just to see if I had any internal bleeding, right? Yeah. Because I landed pretty hard. Was, was that you? Like, did you think to do that? Or like, did, was everyone saying you should go to the hospital? I know, I thought to do it. Like, I mean, yeah. it'd be absolutely silly of me not to go to the hospital because that's the first thing I thought. Like, I texted I, I texted the person that I was seeing. I, I texted my mom. Like, I did this and this yeah. happened. And they're just going, kid, you need to go to the hospital, man. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I didn't think of it at the time. Like, but at the same time, like, I had other avenues saying go to the hospital. Yeah, and yeah, I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go out and find the hospital. Yeah. So I did that. And so found the hospital. I was in, I was literally in just this white room for like eight hours with no one in it and after a near-death experience I, I, it's like you would have been in heaven bro yeah <laughs> you would have been in like this is what happens before is, you die is, is, is this the end <laughs> and um and so um anyway like i found like i found out that they had a whole array of patients like just going through the the rooms and whatnot and then i finally go in for like an examination and whatnot and the doctor asked me what happened Right, and the doctor goes, um, I said to the doctor like what I did, and the doctor goes, where are you from? As he could tell that I was a tourist, right? And so he, I go, from Australia, and he goes, yeah, you Australians are fucking nuts. <laughs> and, um, and so um, after, after that whole escapade, like, I've gone back to the boat like, because I was completely fine, mm. and, um, like, and, I had, and I had the funds to pay for the hospital trip as well, yep. which helped a lot. Yep. And so after that, like I was okay. Like I could barely walk, but yep. like at the same time, like I was alive, right? And so, was it expensive? The hospital, like, did you? Would you honestly, I can't. I can't remember how can't much remember. it was, but like it wasn't. It wasn't like Australia where we have the, the kind of healthcare yeah, and healthcare yeah. system where our government can just reimburse us and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is why travel insurance insurance is important, kids. Yeah. Right. If you don't have travel, say, if you don't have travel insurance, you are screwed. Bro, right? my mum, whenever I go traveling overseas, she's like, "You need to get fucking travel insurance." But then, I got travel insurance because I because I, I was taking drones overseas. Yeah. And in the fine print of the fucking travel insurance, it doesn't cover if you lose or break a drone. So. Yeah. If you're getting travel insurance, just read the fine print of, of your policies and stuff. If you get anything with you to require the dotted black line, read the fine print. Yeah. Right. And That's so, and then we finish up, we finish up at Split on the boats, right? And then we go to Ultra Music Festival, right? So Ultra Music Festival was just an absolute concoction of just torturous proportions to the liver because... <laughs> 
my liver did not know what it was in for when mm. I went to Ultra Music Festival. So that would be a crazy experience, but yeah, I mean, vodka Red Bulls literally all night was a crazy oh, experience. I was so no I was so high in the sky, like yeah. you had you had no idea what I was anywhere. Crazy combination, just vodka and Red Bull like by themselves, man. If you have enough, like you don't even need to take anything. Yeah, I was uh, like I had I had somewhere north of ten of those every evening, <laughs> like because they were they were literally they were literally two dollars a can, like two dollars wow. Australian, right? Because like. The currency over in the Czech Republic and Croatia were very cheap, right? They were very favorable. Mm. So, like, I was buying alcohol left, right, and center, right? And so, like, the experience was absolutely amazing. And just being able to party and just let loose in a completely different country on my own was just an experience and a half. Mm -hmm. And, like, the experience speaks for itself. It's sort of like a lot of people go out to travel to sort of go and either find themselves or create themselves or create something great, right? I wasn't at that stage yet. I was just traveling just for the sake of, hey, I can just get really drunk in another yep. country and it's nobody can really tell me what to do, yep. right? And so I did all of that. Then I went to Greece. Greece was a completely different landscape. So Greece is still under the euro. So, and the euro is not really favorable with the Australian dollar yep. right, when you exchange, right? So I had significantly less money going into Greece than I did in any other country. Right, but I didn't spend too much in the other countries, so I had fair enough money to, I, I pretty much made it through Greece, right, without losing any of the money and using my credit card at all either that I yeah. had, right. And so I've come to Greece and we've, I've gone and trying to find the hotel, which is an absolute mission. There's no street signs anywhere oh. in Athens, like at all, nowhere, <laughs> right. Not, most of them don't speak English. They either speak Greek or French and... It was just, yeah. Was, yeah. And then about maybe an hour and a half later, right, the hostel was literally 100 meters away from the station. Oh, wow. And it took me an hour and a half to find it. Like That's, that's part of traveling, but... That's, yeah. yeah. That's part of traveling. Getting lost. Bro. Yeah, bro. Getting lost. It's, it. it's good, though, because you it sort is. of just go, hey, you know what? I'm in a completely different country. I'm not dying or anything like that. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to starve or anything. Like, a lot of people just get... Or a lot of people in my experience, I've found... They get really skeptical and anxious when they get lost, yep. and so for you me, embrace it. yeah, for me, it's just wow. What what can I discover today? Exactly. Right? And so that's that's the main concept of traveling. I feel like if you get lost, that's the best thing that can happen yeah. to you because that's how you find all these unique treasures in a country. Like instead of just doing all the touristy stuff that's already out there, if you get lost and like find all this new stuff, you're like, whoa, like there's that exists and that exists, all that other stuff. Well, that's exactly right. And the thing is, I've always had that, I've always had that frame of mind. It's like, if I get lost, like I can go and discover what's where. Because I used to drive a lot as well, like to work, like I was driving to, when I was working at Dan Murphy's, I was driving to North Sydney from Wentworthville. Yeah. Right, so it was a, it was a, 50 to an hour bit right right and so and i was doing that every day and so the thing is i didn't want to just keep taking the same way all the time so i'll just try and discover new streets and stuff like mm. that in which ways that i could take so whether it was with dan murphy's or whether it'd just be traveling anywhere like i used to like go to the beaches in the summer and just mm. train at different gyms that i have memberships for yep right in all different places i'll just get lost in trying to explore what kind of streets Explore the world you live in. Well, that's it, exactly. And so, and so, like I said, I've always had that frame of mind. So going to Europe, when I was getting lost in areas like that, I'd just be like, instead of going, oh my God, where do I need to go? Yeah. I'll just go, hey, you know what? I'll go check out this shop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll see what's going on here, like what they have to offer and whatnot. 
right? And then I just asked a few people for directions and then I managed to find a Wi-Fi spot for my phone and then yeah. just locked into maps and, and the hotel was 100 meters away and I was just like, well, That's shit, it. there it is. And so um, anyway, Athens, I'm there. Like there's a, ho- there's a rooftop bar, right? I mean, like the bars needed saving from me at that point, right? As I was just abusing them. Right, but there was a rooftop bar, and from the roof you could see the Parthenon, right? So, which is a which is a magnificent which is a magnificent um, structure in Greece, yep. which is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, and has existed since the dawn of time. So, pretty much as old as the Colosseum. And yep. so, when we saw the Parthenon, like I had a chat, I met a few people there. That was great. Then the following day, we had a scheduled bus trip to Mykonos, right? So we only stayed at Athens for the night, right? So Mykonos was the first island of the trip, mm-hmm. right? And so we've gone on the bus and then we've taken the boat out to Mykonos, right? This is the only boat that came on time in Greece, <laughs> like because nothing's, nothing's, nothing's ever on time in Greece, yeah. nothing. Nothing in Europe sometimes. No, right? <laughs> no, we call it we call it Greek time, right? And so, in Mykonos, in Mykonos, I'm just I'm fucking around with quad bikes and just going out clubbing and whatnot. And so, at one club, I because I was in a I was in an obscure place because they messed up my hotel, right? At Mykonos, right on the first day. So the guys that owned that hotel had a spare room for me to go in for that night and then I had to go to a completely different place the second day I was there, right? So that spare room was just in an obscure spot in Mykonos Town where nobody with a sense of direction would be able to find first go, especially if they're a tourist, right? At the same time, I went to the club, I got really drunk on um, bucket cocktails, right? (laughs) And then I left... I left and I managed to navigate my way to my place without getting lost and I just passed down the bed and I woke up in the morning I was like how the hell did I get here <laughs> right and the door was left open oh, right the door was left open door. like the front door I yeah. left the front door open like I could have been robbed my passport could have been taken my money could have been taken everything because I left it open because I was so drunk right <laughs> but I've woken up everything is still there the door's open I'm like oh happy good days. lord here yeah, happy days right that was probably the happiest of days there right and so the following day, the following day, they, they escort me out of the room and they take me on a moped to the following place that I was residing at, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and it was three kilometers away from any town, right, that I knew of, yeah. right? So it was literally in the middle of nowhere, right? The really good thing about it was there was literally a beach 50 meters walk from there, right? It was great. That was really good, right? However, it was just like, I was in the middle of nowhere. I had to wait like three hours for a bus, right? And then that bus was going the other way. So I had to go the entire bus trip back around to Mykonos Town (laughs) to get there. So an hour trip turned into like a five hour trip, Uh, right? And then I partied partied at um, at the main club in Mykonos, which I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, right? However, we partied there and then took the bus back home, right? And so... After the second day, we go to the next island in Paros, right? So they organize... Did, um, just quickly, did you rate Mykonos? Because I've heard a lot of things like it's a bit overrated. Depends. Is it? Because it's, it's really expensive, isn't it? It is It is expensive. It 
look to me like you, you hear a lot you hear a lot of perceptions and like opinions. everyone has their own opinion that, that's exactly right yeah. and so and the thing is right nothing nothing nothing's fact it's just perception yeah. right so how do you perceive it i could i i perceived it as a really exciting time right and like it's good to escape and get drunk and whatnot like the vibes there right however because of my experiences in croatia right yeah. i have i have preference over like on croatia over mykonos yeah right so it depends right so if you're a person that's traveling overseas for the first time i highly rate mykonos highly highly rate it right but if someone if you've, if you've already done something that is similar to mykonos yeah, then maybe right not. then mykonos isn't as what it is hyped right but again this is only my perception so it should not deter you whatsoever to not go to mykonos mm-hmm. go to mykonos enjoy it see it for yourself i believe that too man and have some fun everyone everyone will experience different things and i will think of it differently so you need to experience it yourself to like that that's exactly right like the thing is like we we say what we say on this show but however you you think for yourself and go hey wait a second i either like it or i don't like it but i know it's up to me anyway right and so the following day we're we're on we're on our way to paros right which is the next island on our trip and so i was supposed to have a taxi a taxi schedule scheduled for 8 30 that morning right because the boat was supposed to leave at 10 right <coughs> so i'm ready at 8 15 right and so 8 30 comes no taxi I'm oh, like, okay yeah. this is typical greece no problem it's fine nine o'clock comes no taxi i'm like okay this is getting annoying and um, I wasn't as chill back then. Did either. you pay for it already? So, it yeah, it was, already, it was already paid for. Oh, it was already shit. paid for. So no taxi, right? And so, um, like, and I wasn't as chill back then either, right? Nine thirty comes, there's no taxi, right? I'm thinking the boat's leaving in bloody half an hour, right? And it's about a twenty minute drive to the port, right? And so I walk to the local town center. Right, and I'm just there hailing taxis for like 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm there, ta- so mind you, 10 o'clock's already passed, right? So the boat should, the boat was gone, right? And so I'm there hailing taxis, hailing taxis, and taxi finally picks me up, right? And so I go, I need to get to the port, right? And they go, the old port or the new port? I'm like, oh, good God. There's <laughs> two of them. And so I, like he was asking me like where are you going and whatnot so I told him I'm going to Paris and he goes okay you need this port I'm like okay great take me to that one right so he takes me to that one right mind you this is 10.45 right the boat's leaving at 10 right so I get to the port right my whole crew's still there and yeah. I'm just like well, what's, what's going on here and they go yeah the boat hasn't arrived yet right wow. so the boat that was supposed to leave at 10 o'clock arrived at quarter to three in the afternoon we were at, we were at the port for five hours. That happens so much in Europe, bro. Like, we're traveling the planes, they get delayed fucking hours, transports. Like that, it's just like a common thing that happens. It's so weird. Yeah, Do you reckon because it's like it's so busy? It's such a busy period? Like, stuff gets yes, delayed or just yeah, how it is? You know what? It's it's probably just how it is for the time being. Like, at the moment, like, I mean, European, European summer trips have been a thing for ever since almost planes yeah. have existed yeah right and so i would imagine like they would have developed a system surely where like you can integrate people traveling at a consistent rate right and get people around on time right and Probably so don't care. Well, <laughs> yeah you know like that i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past it right yeah. to be honest right but 
at the same time, it's sort of going, hey, wait a second, what can I be utilizing this time for instead of just complaining about the fact that there's no boat, yep. right? So I was just talking to the people that I was around and just getting to know them and whatnot. So we get to Paros, we get to Paros and then we're just chilling and we just see the history because Paros is just a really chill island. There's, yeah. there's not a lot to do there. It's just more about, you know what, there's there's a beautiful beach um, and a beautiful island, the Antiparos, where you got to go by boat and um and that's really that's really about it and so we went to paros the first night first night one of the only places left in europe where you can go out and actually go and do that breaking plates kind of dinner so the greeks have the greeks have a tradition like i don't know entirely what the tradition is however like you go to dinner right and you celebrate and you just break ceramic plates on the ground like that's a thing Right, and so we went there. We did all of that. Breaking a plate's hectic, by the way. Yeah, and you just when you break it and you smash it, you just get this fucking rush of energy. Like fuck yeah, yeah, I'm, plate. I'm the most dominant human being in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, we we did all of that, and then um, that night, something that I ate. Right, however, I got gastro. Mm. Right, and so. Everything, everything was coming out the front during the night, and everything through the back during the day. Right, yeah. it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Right, and so I couldn't make it to the Antiparos Island trip. Right, and mind you, this entire trip I've been drinking every evening. Right, so from the Czech Republic until Paros right now, your liver would have loved you. That's your, that's what I'm saying. Your body would have been thanking you for that no, ab- nutrition. You absolutely, ab- <laughs> absolutely. It was nourishing. <laughs> it was refreshing. I felt <laughs> I felt perspired. I felt inspired to drink yeah. some more, <laughs> and just to hide the like the effects of it. You drink more. <laughs> yeah, how to cure a hangover? Yeah. Keep drinking. Um, the dog man, it works. It does. It works. No, it absolutely it does. Happens. Because the thing is, the a hangover, a hangover is just alcoholic withdrawal, mm. right? So if you just withdraw alcohol, right, from your body completely, right, your body just goes into shock, right, and then it just recollects itself. There's right? a chemical that it's um. It's dopamine no there's something else I wrote it the other day I can't remember but okay, yeah okay fair enough yeah, yeah. yeah but drinking alcohol it, re- it releases a whole bunch of dopamine as mm. well yep which is part of the withdrawal and then the other chemical you were yep. referring to yep however um, I stopped drinking after the gastro mm-hmm. as I felt hey you know what let's just enjoy the trip yep sober <laughs> the last to enjoy the trip sober <laughs> sober and there was literally there was, honestly there was like four days left Right yeah. of this trip, of, of this entire trip. Right? That would have been the most clearest four days you would have remembered from like the whole trip. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> because I hadn't even hit Santorini yet, and Santorini um, is the best island of the lot. Right. Really. Yeah. In okay. my, in my opinion, again, yeah, in yeah, my yeah, opinion, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But um, Santorini is just it's on a mountain top, so Greece Greece used to be a volcano, right? And it erupted many, 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 many years ago, right? And so. It, Santorini is just the island on a mountaintop, right? And so, like, you had cliffs everywhere, right? And the tour, the tour guide said to us, the most dangerous place to ride a quad bike is in Santorini. So guess where I rode a quad bike? Santorini. Really? Because a lot of people ride quad bikes in Santorini. Yes. Yes, they do. For the sole reason that it's dangerous. Don't do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Why is it dangerous? Because, well, first of all, you're on a cliff top, right? True. Second of all, right... The actual the actual space itself in Santorini 
isn't very big so it's very compact yeah it's very compact exactly mm. and so you have cars flowing around you have motorbikes flowing around you've got no street signs no sure. traffic lights nothing like that and there you are derelictly riding a quad bike yeah. right like that doesn't make any sense yeah. right and so i rode one anyway but at the same time i just went to the areas where it was just less traffic dense yep. right and i just went through the free-flowing areas where like it was just clear road nice and green the scene was just pretty much water to your right and grass and mountains to your left and it was absolutely remarkable my dad my dad went to centurini and he was he didn't he was very let down by it because he just thought you go to centurini and it's just all the beautiful buildings and then the water but like that's only one part of it eh? there's also the inland where yeah. like a lot of the accommodation is a lot of accommodation yeah. there yeah and yeah. then you have to travel to that to the to the sea to like see all that stuff yeah I mean, that's 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 all part of, that's all part of the trip. Like, yeah, it the is. thing is, it's like, it's like I mean, for example, just re doing doing something of meaning. It's like you're gonna you're gonna go through like a whole few things that you're gonna be disappointed with before you actually get to the part, mm -hmm. right? And so it's the same thing with a trip. It's like like you're gonna see some pretty things, but at the same time, there's gonna be other aspects that you're not gonna be entirely enlightened and proud of. Yeah, yeah. right. And so. With, with that, it's like, yeah, there's so much encapsulating beauty about Santorini and the landscape of it. But at the same time, you have other inland places where it's very compact. It doesn't look that attractive to the eye and stuff like that, which is why, which is why they advertise Santorini as a beachfront. Yep. which is why they do the Santorini sunsets and stuff like mm. that. Because one, it's where they That'd make their beautiful. most money. And two, it's the most attractive. So it actually gets tourists, more tourists in. Right, as soon as you've got the tourists in, like they they don't care that they see what the ugliness of it looks like because they have the money already, right? And so, but um, yeah, Santorini sunset. So there's a place in Santorini. It's called Ia, right? It's spelled O I A, right? And so it's it's literally if you've ever if you look up if you look up Santorini sunset on Google Images, you will see just it's a downhill cliff of just a whole bunch of houses, right? with the water it looks like it looks like the sun's literally parting from the sea like from the sky to the sea right and so that that's in a place called ear right and so we've gone and we've walked through the little town where all the houses and shops are and we've gotten to that spot it's literally it wouldn't be it wouldn't be bigger than my apartment that we're in at the moment oh. and um and so there was probably a good 200 people there right <laughs> just watching the sunset mm. right and the thing was, I had my phone out initially, right, to record the sunset, but then I saw everyone else with their phones, and I'm just like, dude, I'm just going to enjoy the sunset. Yeah, like, no, I'm not going to record this, and so I just left my phone in my pocket, and I just watched it. It's sometimes it's better like that to just like, I mean, I always like taking a photo or something quickly, but then I also just like taking in the view. No, absolutely. Embracing it. No, absolutely. And so, then after Santorini, I... They, they they confuddled with my trip, right? And I was supposed to go to a different island and my dates were mixed up, right? So I was supposed to be leaving whilst I was on another island, right? And so the really good thing about the trip that I was on, it was a bus about trip, right? So um, you said you went to Europe, right? You did yep. Kentucky? Yeah, we did Kentucky around the UK. Yeah, okay. So you did you did Kentucky. So Kentucky is pretty much... It's the same. Bus about is the same. Correct, right? Yep. The only difference is is that Kentucky, they have literally everything organized for you and the dates that you're doing them and stuff like that. Whereas with Bus About, right, you get to explore, right? And then you get to hop off 
advice, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then hop onto the next one that comes around, right? Mm. Because they've got buses coming in to that place every single day, mm. right? So because they messed up my trip, I just decided, hey, you know what? I'll give EOS a miss. Because that was the fourth island supposed to go to EOS. Yep. And um, I'll give that a miss and I'll stay in Santorini. So I stayed in Santorini and it turns out my relatives were on holidays at the same time at Santorini. So I met up with them. Oh, cool. Right. And so after that night, right, we I went back to Athens, right, with a new bus about crew, right. And then I stayed for Athens that night as well. So I just explored the Acropolis and went to the Lyceum and did all the like geeky greek things yeah right and you so to. you have to wait oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. like it's it's ancient civilization like if you're a history buff it's like one of the pinnacle places that you would go and explore yeah right and so i did all of that as well and then i come back home so that was europe yep and then I started like i was still working at dan murphy's like and i had a whole different perspective on how things were, how I operated, like as a person. Just from going overseas. Just from going overseas. That's why, like, I made a podcast on it as well, why traveling is so important because it just gives you that, you just see how the world works and it opens your mind to all these new things, how things work and how you can better your own life and all those aspects and stuff. Absolutely, but at the same time, at the same time, you've also got to note that you've got to be open to that kind of experience. Yeah, because Because the thing is, it's like, I've, I've, I've spoken with people that have gone on holidays to transform themselves, right? And they'll go, well, I didn't really have a breakthrough. And I always tell them, like, wherever you go, there you are, right? And so you can go on holidays, right? But if you're not open, if you're not open to changing who you are as a person, right? Yeah. That landscape's not going to help you, right? Oh, it's only going to exacerbate the fact that you can go on a trip, right? and not transform yourself because you didn't open yourself up to it. That's it. Right. You've got to go in there with the mindset to be open to all these new things. Absolutely and, anything. Yeah, bro. Absolutely anything. And Try so, all the new, all their foods, their, like, just like do all their stuff in their culture, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so and it's like, I'll, I'll come off tangent a bit here, but I went to Bali, right, and we stayed, we stayed in a um, place called... Um, not Seminyak, the one next one, Kuda, that's the Kuda. one. Kuda. Mm. Stayed in Kuda, right? And like, Kuda's literally just like Sydney, but poorer, yeah. right? And so like, we got to explore like all the inland of Indonesia and whatnot, but at the same time, like where we were staying, it was just like, you know what, we could have just done this at home. Mm. Like, and so like, I've seen people that have traveled and I've spoken to people that have traveled that just do that. It's just like, yeah, bro. I don't, I want to go to, I want to say that I've gone to this country Right, but at the same time, I don't want to leave the livelihood that I'm leaving behind in my own country. Yeah. Right, and that's that's a sure sign way that you're not going to really experience anything because you're not willing to change yep. your outlook on what you're going to explore. Exactly, man. Like, I went to the Philippines, and I like my one of my main goals when I was going there. Like, obviously, I wanted to have fun and stuff, but I also wanted to just experience their culture because I love Filipino food, I love their culture, I love everything, and I just tried all their foods. I was talking to all these people. I just met all these really nice people and I found like they're actually a really nice, like they're like, they're, they're, it's a really nice culture that they have there. And just doing all that stuff, like even going to Bali, just trying all the different things. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. I haven't even been there, but like I'm really, really keen to go there. Oh yeah, I would imagine Like so, I told you about Bali, the, yeah, Bali's beautiful. My spiritual journey that I'm going to go 100%, on. 100%, <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. I'm sure you'll be doing a podcast on that later oh, too. Yeah, bro. And so the thing is, as well, we live 
we, we live in our own, we live in our own bubble to a degree where sometimes we're not willing to accept new information because based on what we've learned, we're a bit more conservative. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is you have these, you have these transcendent experiences where you go to a different place and you assume certain things of certain people, right? And they turn out to be completely different, mm-hmm. right? And like, that's just, that's just complete personal bias. And yep. the thing is, when you do open yourself up to it, like, Being which will traveling, yeah, which will traveling will help you with, mm. right? Then you'll be able to realize, well, wait a second, I didn't really understand this at the beginning. And now just how nice these people are and how nice the culture is, like, if it, it, it further shows how much I didn't understand, yep. right? And so, and that's why one of my favorite aphorisms in life is that the only thing that I know is I know nothing, that's right? It. That's and a, so that's a good way. it's like, if you, if you know nothing from the get-go, right? One, you're not expecting anything, right? So you can always just give, right? And secondly, right, you can actually be more open to learning because you, you didn't know anything in the first place. It's a right. great way to look and at so, that stuff, man. And so it's like, for me, traveling helped with that. But then further along the track, as I've worked and I was seeing someone as well at the time, right, that, that completely transformed my entire outlook and as to how I've said what I've said today and mm. gone about the approach of, hey, you know what? This has happened in my life and I've accepted it for the way it is. Yeah, bro. And so carrying on from... Europe I like I was working at Dan Murphy's and working at Dan Murphy's full time where I was just drinking copiously in the car park I was on the way yeah I was managing I was managing I was a duty manager there at Dan Murphy's Mm -hmm. and I was managing people who were the same age as I was yep right and older right because mind you this was this was three years ago. How do you how do you find that? Because I'm a, I'm a manager at like at the pub too, mm-hmm. and I'm managing people that are like are older than me and my age and stuff, and it can be a bit weird, but I don't mind it, eh? Yeah, it's it's a different experience. See, the thing is, I look at it a lot differently than I did look at it. Right when I was 19, I was a manager at 19, right at literally the busiest store in the state. Mm-hmm. Right, um, I was looking at it more of an ego point of view that. I'm leading all of you in that, like you guys are working and I'm just organizing everything and delegating everything when really it's about, now I look at it and I realize it's really just doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? And helping them, right? And just guiding them on getting things done, but making sure that you're working from the front, right? I didn't see leadership like that back then. Right. right, like I was, I was completely naive. I was completely ignorant, and mm. I was honestly just completely dead right stupid. Right, and so, but now, as I said, I was dealing with, I was dealing with people older than I was. I think the really, the only good thing I had going for me was that I was able to communicate with people really well, mm-hmm. and I was able to communicate my ideas and practices well enough that people accepted them for what they were, and it got the job done. There were a few instances where that didn't work out and like people's prejudices were above like for the whole team goal, right? Yep. But that that's bound to happen, right? And like I've had instances like that all the time as well where I've had someone who was either above me or smarter than me in a way who had an idea, right? And said, hey, I want to get this done, right? And I'll go and do it a different way, right? It's still got the job done, but then they'll go, well, hey, wait a second. I wanted this to happen in conjunction with what we're going to do so that we could actually have 
a whole better overall performance and I'll just be like, oh, okay, I, was, I didn't really see it like that, right? But the thing is, I didn't look at it like that either. I was just so struck by the fact that my idea wasn't good enough that like I just got really pissed off about it, yep. right? And so like that taught me a few lessons that you need to be able to digest more ideas than just your own, right? Yeah, and so that's how you learn new things, I man. You just like all these other opinions from other people, you just need to like ingest it. Well, exactly. And so ingest what you learn and discard what you don't and you don't find relevant and then create something that you can use for yourself, right? Because the thing is, as you said, as you're ingesting information, right, you're ingesting other people's perspective that might contradict your own. Mm. And so because we have personal biases as well, right, then we tend to go lean towards more of our personal ideas than the ideas that actually may work better than our one, right? And so when you're able to actually dig into the other person's idea and put your ego aside for a second, Mm -hmm. right, then you go, hey, wait a second, this idea, I like this idea, right? What do I understand about this idea that I can extrapolate my information into the idea so then we can create like a hydro solution? Like that's like a what better we were talking about before. Well, that's exactly it. With books, man, like that you read the perspective of people that are more successful than you. Yeah. And everyone has their own ideas on things. So you just use their ideas to combine with your ideas and just create like an ultra idea on things. That's it. It's been said, it's been said as well. It's like books, books are a shortcut to success, right? And so... The thing is, I, I personally believe there's no shortcut because no. the thing is, reading takes work too. Yeah, right? bro. And so, <laughs> and so, um, it's it's just it's just a it's just a more it's an enhanced version, right, of getting to the point that you want to get to, right? Because you've got other people's ideas written, right? You've got like you've got years and years and years and years of life experience written in two hundred pages or less. Right, or more, yeah, or more, right? And then you accumulate enough of those, right? You've got you've got thousands of years, right? Years worth of livelihoods, right? All on a shelf, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, and that's and that's what a library is, which is why it's so great. And you've like, got your own library here, brother. You've got, how many books have you read? Did you say? I've got, I've got somewhere around one hundred and sixty books. He's read one hundred and sixty books, ladies and gentlemen. And um, and so I mean, and I've read that, like three or four, actually maybe five, five books. <laughs> and at the same time, like you've been you've been on your journey for a few months. Like I've been yeah. on my journey for a few years, yeah. right? So it, it's completely it's completely contrary. But at the same time, right? Even though the number sounds impressive, it's at the same time, what can you do with what you've read, yeah, and bro. how can you apply it, right? So reading books is great, and. At the same time, I used to be as well someone that got carried away with the numbers. And um, this might be, but anyway, um, you've got to be able to carry out what you've read. Mm. And so developing a skill includes ensuring that you've got all the information available to you, Mm. right? Which means reading a certain number of books. But if you get too caught onto the number, right? And you're not able to apply the information that you read, right? The number becomes irrelevant. Right, and so that's where that's where reading got to me, and so coming back to coming back Does to salt? Does it yes, do? okay, <laughs> and um, it beat for a good thirty seconds, okay, and um, and so coming back to working, yep. right, so being able to deal with people, right, 
it was reading the certain books that I needed to read in order for things to get done, right? So one of the books that I highly recommend for um, trying to deal with people is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Oh, Carnegie. I think I've listened to that book, eh? That's a very good book. It's a brilliant book. That's a very good book. It's a brilliant. I, I didn't finish it though, but I remember I was listening to it on um, Audible when I was doing cardio and I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Definitely, definitely worth finishing. And so, and another one as well, I would recommend as well is um, Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm. And so, those are really two good books. I'm to, get those books. <laughs> those are really two good books to accelerate your understanding on how you can first deal with yourself, right, and expose and remove the ego behind your own biases mm. and move forward with progressing with other people. I didn't have all of that information when I first started working. It was just more about, hey, I'm I'm telling you what to do, so go out and do it, right? Mm. And it's never the best way to go, no. right? Like, it's good short-term because you get the job done, right? But your long-term livelihoods and your relationships with other people are in jeopardy yep. because what you do is then you make them feel resentful about mm -hmm. listening to you and having to listen to you, right? And then you just hinder the relationship altogether. I, f I feel like being a good manager is having that relationship with your other workers where they can like trust you as like another worker. You don't want to power trip people. You don't want to like be like all superior and shit. I mean like I, obviously that's like how you were, obviously not how you are now. But like when I started managing, that's I always wanted to try and just help my other workers because yeah. I knew how to do my job yeah well I'm still learning how to do my job but I just always I, I was never one to power trip or be like mm. trying to act all superior and that kind of stuff yeah leaders, leaders create other leaders mm. it's just bottom line and yeah, it's bro. like if you if you don't if you don't believe in your people enough to teach them the skills they need to be better right then you don't have a good team to begin with yeah right and so it's sort of like it, it's sort of like the question where you go Hey, you know what? If we if we teach them, we train them, we go and they go somewhere else. What happens? Yeah. Right. And the other person would go, well, if we don't train them and they stay, what happens? <laughs> right. And so it's like either you train them to get better, so they can go on their own journeys and impact the world in their own ways, or you keep them and not train them at all, and they just remain as incompetent as you had them, and you don't progress. Yeah. Right. And so. I would have loved this information three years ago, but it didn't happen. <laughs> you and, live and you learn, brother. <laughs> well, that's exactly it, right? And so, and you read and you learn. Yep. And so, carrying on, right? I was also, I was, I was also seeing someone, right? And so, like, it wasn't, like, it was serious. Like, we we thought it was serious at the time, right? But because, because I was such a volatile person, right? Like, I would either just be really happy or really just in deep states of melancholy, right? It was just more, I was just stuck in my own head, sort of mm -hmm. like, hey, what's happening? Hey, this is supposed to go this way and this and that. Like I always, always blame circumstance, yep. right? And so whilst I was seeing someone, I also discovered personal development. And so personal development was more, it was more a chore to start with. It was just more, hey, you know what? I saw this. I want to get better. I want to feel better. So I'll just watch this. And then I started listening to more concepts on how to improve and like how to not get so worked up on certain things all the time. And yep. so like, and the person that I was seeing, like 
she was in not not such good state either right and so i kept pressing on like how she could improve and stuff like that when i wasn't really doing anything myself right and so all throughout that time we were just in we we're just up and down it was just more yeah. it was super it was pretty superficial like we thought it was deep but like it was just a whole bunch of probably some dopamine or oxytocin yeah. that was just combination mis- of all those things yeah, yeah. Of just all those hormones that were just completely misused yeah and so later she just like one time we'll just we'll just have in a row and she was saying i'm not your puppet work on yourself and that line just sort of struck me like a bolt of lightning it was just like that's where it all started i was just like okay <laughs> that that this makes sense yeah this makes more sense and so like it it didn't hit me at the time right it hit me after i decided old speed and then get caught and then lose my license right for an infinite amount of time or at least what felt like an infinite amount of yeah. time right how reliable you're so you without a car you you feel like you can't do anything yet at to a point i feel like like you don't realize how often you use a car like if you're driving every every day and then all of a sudden you can't drive because you lose your license you're like fuck I, honestly, I didn't take it that way, to be quite honest. Like, because even though I was completely used to driving, I also understood the fact that I could lose it at any moment, right? That that I definitely felt, right? And so, like, I, I, was, I was really frustrated because I couldn't drive, but at the same time, it was like, hey, wait a second, you sped, right? This is your This fault. is completely your fault. That's right. Good, yeah, man. And so, and that, and that, that mentality is sort of what I learned when I first started doing personal development. It was sort of like, Hey, you know what? Let's start personal development. And then someone, someone higher than me just went, you know what? Since you've been going on this personal development journey, I'll give you a test. Right. And so probably the best thing that could happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. They tested the shit out of me. It was just like, I've had a, I've had a row with this person. Right. And then, I lose my license and the only person available to collect me was the person that I had a row with, right? And that was awkward as fuck. Mm. And so the thing was then after that, I had to travel. I had to travel almost two hours on train to get to work instead of drive that hour, right? Which was absolutely ludicrous, right? It was completely, it was, there, was no, there was no time economy looked mm. in there at, at all, right? It was just poor form. And so I decided to go back to the original store that I started at, right? And I worked the Christmas there. So I was no longer a duty manager. I was just another kid on board who just wanted to get his work done and just do the absolute best he could. And so when I began more working on myself, I've just, I discovered all the books that I've had and all of the things that I've listened to and whatnot and discovered that it's just all learning. It's like you, mm. you really don't know anything. It's more so there's more to everything than just going to school, getting a job, then getting married, getting a house mm. and there's living for a, living for a good five decades and then kicking the bucket, yep. right? And so the thing is, at the same time, like I look at it now and I'm just like, hey, wait a second. They're, they're imploring us to go into $50,000 debt for university for a degree. Then 
they're also imploring us to go and buy a house because a house is an asset, which is another four hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollar debt, right? That you have agreed with the bank, right? And then further down the track, right? You have kids, you have kids who who you love with your life, right? Yep. But at the same time, will cost you money, yep. right? And so, pretty much, you're just being encouraged to just pile yourself with debt, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's you know, crazy, which, yeah. which you, which you <laughs> don't even know, which you don't even know how to pay back because you're never taught that in the first place, right? And so, <laughs> on, on that, can I just add on to that? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many, there's so much better ways that people our age can be utilizing their money rather than saving up for a house. I mean, I can understand like if you need to move out, you need to move out and stuff. But like, buying a house and getting a mortgage is a big thing. Like, there's other things that you could do, like investment strategies. And then buying a house and all that kind of stuff. That's just my opinion, but well, that's absolutely right because the way I'm the way I'm attempting to operate it is that I'm going to build a business big enough to achieve my goals and whatnot. But mm. at the same time, right, everything that flows through the business when it becomes more financially successful is going to pay for my houses and yep. the cars and stuff like that because I've got continuous exactly. flow of income. Yep, exactly, right? bro. That's and the way so, to do it. <laughs> and so that well, that's well, that that that's what I've just recently learned, and so. Mm now it's just important to remain focused on that right and so then going back going back to working at dance around christmas near my local area now because i moved like i used to work at north sydney right and then i work now at wentworthville right the local one and um and so after that i just decided to resign right because I stopped drinking alcohol as of 2018 and I still haven't drunk since and I decided this is not for me anymore and so I left at all like you don't drink at all not one at all nothing yep I've been I've been three and a half years sober Mm -hmm. and so um and honestly it's the easiest thing in the world like Mm. I'd I'd honestly if I if I could pick if I could pick dying or not drinking I'd pick dying right um and so Instead of um, I, I did the PT. I did my personal training course in that time as well. Can, can I just ask you what made you do your personal training course? Like, did you just you, after reading all the books and stuff? Did you because you felt fulfillment in yourself? Did you want to just bring that onto other people? Absolutely, but at the same time, mind you, I didn't. I didn't start reading. I didn't start reading until after I did. The personal training course oh, right so okay everything like that i harped on about with the chick that i was seeing and like the personal development stuff was just all audio tapes yeah right. i haven't starts i hadn't got to books yet yep right and so i feel like books is the next step after well, that, podcasts and videos and all that well absolutely because the thing is um you sort of you, you sort of question that as i did i did for a while too until i watched a jordan peterson lecture and he's good at he's brilliant. Jordan Peterson, bro. Fuck. He's brilliant. His podcast is phenomenal. And um and so and he he explained it in a way that makes like literal sense, right? Because as as human beings, right, predating the modern person, right, we communicated with body language, right? Yep. And we had to we had to intuit feelings about how other people saw things, right? And the primary thing that the primary thing that those pre-modern humans did, right? was they told stories around campfires, right? Not using language, but um, using bodily images and whatnot, yep. right? And so what they would do is they would sit around the campfire, right? And they would listen, right? So listening is a skill that 
has been around longer than reading has, which is why a lot of people would find audio tapes and videos a lot easier to resonate with and connect with than with reading books, mm. right? Because reading it's like podcasts are because, fucking fine, bro. Yeah, and it's because and and because reading and language and linguistics, right, have only been around for maybe five hundred years, whereas listening and watching people, right, has been around for longer, right. We have a deeper sense of connection with the people that tell stories really well yep. and who do podcasts really well and who do motivational tapes really well than with people who read, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, as we develop as a person, right, we can adapt. Like, we're really good adaptation machines as human yeah. beings, right? Yeah. So some people also develop the keen sense to read, right? And so I happen to be one of those people. Me I too. really avidly enjoy reading. I get excited about reading. Me right? too. It's the weirdest thing. Like, a year ago, bro, I would not imagine myself sitting down for hours and just reading. Like, I just... I love it. It's yeah, and see, and the thing is, I was I was intermittently reading. Like if you like if you remember in high school yeah. and stuff like that. Like I studied for like everything, mm-hmm. right? And like I spent my time reading or in the library playing chess or doing something, yeah. right? Of like of mental nature, Simulating right? The brain. But at the same time, I didn't put that commitment and focus into it, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's more about committing to the cause and getting to my goals and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And so now when I did to answer your question. Right, I did the personal training course because I did I, I was really into fitness and so fitness was fitness enabled me to get a better sense of self. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna commit to this and I'm going to go and go all in with personal training. Right. So I did the personal training course and I made a few good connections and I got myself a job at the gym. Right. The only thing was was that I decided also it was a brilliant idea to spend the credit card money I had from the European trip on a bedroom setting, people. A bedroom setting. Bedroom You're thinking, setting. why? And it's like, because I just want to look can. good. Because <laughs> so, I wanted to, right? Yeah. And it looked good, right? And the lesson here is don't buy dumb shit, right? Yeah. And so I had, I had debt. And so the thing was, personal training, right, especially at the beginning, can be quite an arduous endeavor connecting with people, getting people to trust you. And then when people trust you, like they trust the information that you're giving them. And then is the information you're giving them, can they apply to what they're doing with exercise and stuff like that? It's all just an intense process, especially at the beginning, because you really are nobody. And now you're trying to be a somebody. It's sort of like everyone's trying to push you down, but you're trying to push yourself up. How crazy is that, bro? When you try to like, you try to help the world. But then there's so much negativity in people that just be like, you're nobody, you won't go anywhere. But then you think every famous person has started from nothing. Yeah. They were like you or me or fucking anyone else starting something. They've all started from the zero and then they've worked their way up. Yeah, and, it's that, and that's, that's the difference between anyone extremely successful and someone that isn't successful is that one, they had faith and two, they just kept going. If you believe in what you're doing, bro, nothing can stop you. Well, that's exactly it. And just imploring that you keep developing you keep developing and cultivating that belief and that passion because the thing is it's not like it just comes straight to you right you've got to find something initially and create something that you actually enjoy right so then the further you progress onto that right you keep doing it right and so i think i think you mentioned before that you read the book atomic habits by yep. james clear right and so he one of the one of the main focal points i got out of that book was that 
good skill doesn't come over a period of time in which you do it, but more about how many times you actually perform yeah, that bro. skill over a period of time. Yeah. So it may take it make you it may take you ten years to do something really great, mm-hmm. but at the same time you also have 24 hours in a day, like, which is a lot. Mm. And if you repetitively do something over the course of a day, right, and you commit to that, right, what may take you 10 years might only take you four. Exactly. Right. Re- and re- repetition, so, bro. Well, that's exactly right. And so, repetition. And so coming back to personal training, I had all of this debt and whatnot. And so I ended up not committing to it and I left that, right. And I had my RSA and I really liked the Bavarian. So I thought, I've got my RSA. I'll see what bartending will be like. And I got a job at the Bavarian very quickly because they're always turning over staff. And so, um, or as most hospitality yeah. workers are. It was in Parra? Yeah, this yeah. was in Parramatta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started, I, started work, I started bartending out there, right? And so I continued on my reading endeavors and I didn't go out too much. I wasn't drinking. Like, and so like, I worked at a bar and a bottle shop and I still didn't drink yeah. at all. <laughs> and so um, when I was wor- I was working there, I, was, I got to know all the people, right? I just start, inst- I, I thought to myself, I made all those mistakes at Dan Murphy's, right? I'm not gonna do the same thing again. The thing is, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna go, yes, no problem. And more about how the person was communicating to me, like what message were they actually conveying? Right, because it's more than just words, right? It's what's behind the words too, right? Because if if you say something of meaning, right, but you don't have any excitement behind it, right, well, obviously it doesn't mean that much to you, right? Whereas if you do say something and you have some conviction behind it, right, whether it's fabricated or not, right, and you'll be able to tell the difference between the two, right, you have some meaning behind it, mm-hmm. right? And so being able to examine people and just observe people right mm. has been just an absolute joy for me because you it's get to good. you get to learn you oh, get to bro. learn the character of someone else yeah, bro. it's sort of like get out of your own shell like just you, you've had enough of you like you you've lived for however long you've lived and you've dealt with yourself all this time just take some time out and explore another avenue right just like a new person is literally like a new country to you it, is, it literally <laughs> is right and so the thing is, it's like I had that I had that keen sense, and so I got to know all the people around me, and I I flourished at work. I mean, yeah. n- nothing like I moved up the ranks to manager or anything like that, but I just flourished. I literally just enjoyed what I did. Like bartending was so much fun. It is a fun job. It though. is a That's fun why job. I always tell people like. If they're not sure what they're doing, get a bar job. You make new friends. It's easy work, and then you can just you can do all this other stuff on the side. Like it's. Well, a lot of people look down on it just because of, of obviously because of the pay and the work itself. But man, it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, that's well, that's the thing, right? I think, I I think no personally, I think no job below you, right? Because the thing is, it's just you you're there to get the work done. You're get not you're not there the... to have a title or status or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you're there to perform a task. Yep. Right. You're part. You're part of a unit, and you're part of a team, and you want you want the best for the entire unit, and not just best for your vanity, mm-hmm. right? And so, people might frown upon it because they might have um, encountered a different position where they feel that their vanity is like being fulfilled, right? And then they look upon something else, and then they go, 
oh well like i've been here so i'm not it's not really right for me to go there right and then that was what we were talking about before where people don't really like to be seen starting over or starting from the bottom yep and so they just decide not to retract and then retrace their steps and try a different method i just i don't understand the concept of like how people think like if you if you're not starting from the bottom then where are you starting from i just i don't i i don't know if people think like they just start they start from a normal person and then just they just become famous all of a sudden like just like that i don't i don't understand it me neither and the thing is you make a really good point there's i didn't really even think about it that way and so it's like where do you start from and then now like you just need to do yeah you just you just yeah you literally just connected the dots for me because it's yeah, like bro. i went on like i really know nothing right and you go well everyone starts from the bottom where do you start and it's sort of like well everywhere's the bottom exactly right? bro and so everywhere's the bottom and you're just going hey you know what it's really just only up from here right and so you may fall you may stumble and whatnot right but as long as you're not going back to the same place where you were right then you're on a good track like like it's exactly. not it's not it's not a straight line it's just a whole bunch of s and u's and t's where you're just going hey wait a second what on earth do i do here mm-hmm. and you just got to come up with an answer yeah right? and then you just make do right because there's no use sitting on the fence because you just always sit on the fence right and if you go the wrong way you'll know faster by going the wrong way exactly right and so just being able to develop that keen sense of self really helped me work at the Bavarian and tolerate like some of the shit that we put up with in the hospitality industry right because it yeah, can be bro. absolutely brutal it can be right? bro. and so <laughs> and so I worked there and I got along with everyone completely fine like I learned everything that I needed to learn I was mm-hmm. just basically an everything person it's like you, you need we need to wait tables I'm waiting tables if we need someone in the bar serving I'm in the bar serving yep. if we need someone on the pass just running I'm running right and so it just that just went on that went on for three months sorry four months in Parramatta right because they decided to close the venue down because they're building high rise buildings behind yeah, it that's right and so I I had the option of either leaving the company or moving out to Castle Hill or Rouse Hill right that's where they're opening their new venues up yeah. right at the time right and work out there right and so I was still in debt. I still needed money. I still had nothing, right, to my name. So I'm like, I've got to move somewhere, right? And so I decided on Castle Hill, right? And Castle Hill is a beautiful place. And um, and the venue's quite nice. And I got to help set it up. Like, that was a whole new experience for me too. Like, we fitted out the restaurant. We got all of the benches and tables in there. And we just put all the restaurant together. And so, like, we'd had their late nights, early mornings, like, all of that. Like, that was a whole brand new experience. And it was absolutely fantastic. And then we opened the restaurant up and it was like completely flooded for the first two weeks. Like yeah. for the first two weeks, I was the dish boy. Like <laughs> every shift, I was just on dishes. And it's like, I felt I felt that sense of resentment because like I'd been there for a fair while and there were other new people after me that could have done the dishes. I thought, you know what? No, fuck it. I'm going to do the dishes, the absolute best they can be, right? Because only I know like what I want from these dishes and how clean they should be and how they should be organized. So I just fucking did the dishes right and so no job below you is that mentality where also you, there's nothing wrong with doing dishes nothing i've personally done that for like a year and i fucking loved it because i worked with amazing people yeah it was fucking it was fun. there is absolutely nothing wrong with dishes nothing right and so 
and that like and i've got a job i got a job at the penrith one which i was currently at which i'll get to in, in a bit yeah but um we opened up we opened up castle hill and i was still taking the bus because i had no license and i had no cars i had sold it right and so this was the opportune time for me to get my reading in so every yeah. single bus trip there and back i had a book sometimes i had two right because some of the books that i have as you can see are quite small so you could probably easily read them in one trip right so hmm. i i read how long does it take you to read a book well at the moment now depends on depends on the book and the context and how i'm feeling as well but most of the time a book like the ones you see in the middle there will probably maybe take me about a day and a half really to read the book that that thick yeah how many, like that's like two 200 pages wow so some of the some of the some of the 600 page books that i've got here will probably take me about maybe a week to read right and then that's a skill bro it depends and it depends on what i'm doing as well see the thing is right i was working a re- i was really working not not that difficult of a job as a bartender mm. right and like i was spending my time at home training and doing all of this right so outside of everything that i was doing i was reading right all yep. of my spare time was reading you became right, like so an like, ultra pro reader <laughs> not yet no not 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 at that level well, i mean yet. you're better than average i'd say well, that's, <laughs> i mean the average don't read right we know yeah, this right true. and so it's like it was just it was just developing just developing a key sense of urgency when it comes to reading right mm-hmm. so all of my bus trips they comprise of reading right and so and i also discovered audible as well like mm-hmm. Um, on one of the podcasts I listened to that actually sponsored the show, yep. right? So I thought, you know what, I can listen like while I'm training, right? So I did that for a while as well. But I also found that I, because I developed the skill of reading so well, and like as you know, like I read in high school and I read proficiently in primary school as well. Like it was always in me for yeah. me to read like physical books, True. right? And so to me, physical reading is more attractive to me than listening to a book that's what i was going to say like audio is audible is good but i've started reading physical books and i find it so much better that's why i'm going to read every single book that i've read listened to on audible i'm going to reread them in like the physical form yeah that's that that's what i've done with a couple of the books that i have here i'm yet to get a few of the books that i have on audible physically but um they will come as well Mm. and so bus trips were just reading i was bartending like basically five days a week for like eight months Right, and then I've just decided to quit because I've just thought, hey, you know what? I want I want to get serious about personal training. Right, I'm talking about it a lot, and I've always I've always had this fascination with the current area that I'm living in, which is in Penrith. Right, I'll always be telling the guys that they'll go, what do you want to do? Right, I'll ask them what they want to be doing. Right, because like all of a sudden I've got a keen sense for other people. Ever since I've been doing personal development, I just ask people a billion questions about what they want to do with themselves. Yeah. Right. And they'll go, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm going to become a personal trainer in Penrith, right? And so no idea why, but it's just just come out, right? And this was like when I was first starting at the BAPS. This was about a year and a bit before I actually became a personal trainer in Penrith, mm-hmm. right? It shows the power of manifestation right there, right? <laughs> and so when I decided to quit, right, at the Bavarian, like my family thought I was absolutely mental, Right, because like I had no, I had no connection, no nothing. I wasn't. They felt I wasn't completely serious about personal training and all these different things to deter me to go back to either working at the Bavarian or getting a different job. Right, and so I just, I just held there for 
three, four months, right? I still had no money. I just finished paying, I just finished paying the debt that I had because I had an enormous tax return, right? From working all of those hours at the Bavarian. And um, like I said, I still had nothing, right? And so I, um, I then was literally just at home reading, looking for PT work and watching podcasts. That's literally all my days <laughs> comprised of. Yeah. I was just literally in, I was just in my room. You just applying everywhere, every like gym and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, every single, every single gym that I had were hiring, I was applying. And, um, and then I was applying all of the facets of reading and improving my skill set and improving so that then when I did find a job, I could put it into practice. So, yeah, bro. I mean, everyone, everyone is so concerned about just being in isolation and how bored they are currently. I've been doing this for like three years. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, to, I kept, I keep saying to people like, this is normal to me. Yeah. Right. Like, like actually I said in my, I said in my other live the other week, it was just like, someone asked me how isolation was and I'm just like, dude, I'd rather be doing this than being out there to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but, um, I was just reading and reading and then I was given an ultimatum. It was either I find a job by a particular date or I leave, right? And so because my family couldn't handle that I wasn't working when I could be working and just going out there and doing my thing, right? And so, but I decided my thing was PT, right? So I held on, right? Didn't find a work by this particular date and I was ready to go, right? Cold turkey, right? Like no money, no nothing, no job, no just gonna go. I was just gonna go. I was just gonna go. And yeah, no, nowhere to go. You were just gonna fucking leave. I was just gonna fucking leave. And what was your plan? Like, you I didn't, ha- I didn't have one. It was just go, go as you flow, right? That's like, yeah, that's yeah. next level. That's like, yeah. And so I had all my bags packed, and I had three people trying to talk me out of it, right? And then a family member goes, "Will you be willing to speak to someone outside, like for help?" I'm like, "Absolutely. If I can get a, if I can get a, be- if I can get a perspective that." I haven't considered yet then yeah it might be able mm-hmm. to help right but like majority majority of that was pretty much i just want someone to validate what i'm saying so that i can go on with what i was doing anyway mm, right yeah, and, that, that and that's and that's and that's usually what it all is anyway yeah, bro, right and so you need that piece of paper to tell you that you can do something well that's it's it. so funny how so people wasn't, think like that it wasn't really it wasn't really a piece of paper it's more about um it's more about listening to certain people because yep. some people some people, even though they genuinely, even though they genuinely know that this particular person either isn't right for their mindset or isn't right for them as such, right? We may perceive that. That's yep. our perception, right? But at the same time, it's quite clear that this person's values is completely different to another person's values. Yep. But they go ahead and still listen to that particular person based on what they were conditioned to believe and what they were mm-hmm. taught, right? So all they're doing is just pretty much even though I know I'm wrong, I want to go and validate my own opinion by listening to someone who partially agrees with me, even though it's not right anyway. Right. Yeah. And bro. so, hundred percent. And so, like, and about. that's, and that's, and that's where I was at that point as well. It was more like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to garner some outside perspective because you know what? I could be completely wrong in my situation, but at the same time, like I want to go and vent about the current situation that I'm currently in. Right. To someone that isn't in my circle. Right. And so I did all of that. Like I got counseling and I went to a few group sessions and whatnot, met some very lovely people. Right. And then came February and then I found a personal training job in Penrith. 
Right. And after all applying for all those jobs, one finally gets back to you. Yeah, and the one that I wanted. That's right. Fucking hectic, and bro. so it was like, hey, I'm there, right? And so I got this job and then I had no clients, like nothing. Like no connections, no nothing. It was literally moving to a new city. Right. As I grew up in Wentworthville, I went to school in Westmead, like my proximity was like from Wentworthville to Parramatta and Blacktown. That's all I knew. Anything beyond that, no idea. Right. And so I just decided, hey, you know what? I felt Penrith is a growing area. It's a growing city. Like Parramatta is literally a metropolis now. Right. And Penrith will probably be like that in a few years time as well, because it's got government offices and businesses and stuff like that. I could go out and do personal training in Penrith and then build a build a gym there and cater for the people of the area right and so and then i've kind of fucking smart way to think about and it, then i came out i came out to penrith working there and like i realized that there was a load of gyms there right like there's a good i counted there was like 11 there's gyms everywhere there's, there's, it's a very saturated market in penrith in penrith there's 11 gyms right and the thing is i didn't i didn't think about it that way either Mm. Right, that is a saturated market. Right, a lot of people do, and I've heard a lot of people say that. Like, mm. Even my, even one of my family members, they go, "Dude, Penrith's like just a f- they're, they're filled with gyms and whatnot." Right, and I said to him, "Well, if they're filled with gyms, that means there's a market for it. People are actually buying exactly. it." Exactly. Right. And another thing on that, it's the same concept. There's a lot of PTs. The market's saturated, but there's a lot of shit PTs. There's a lot of shit gyms. Yeah, and so and I, 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 I completely discount those. Right, I personally think. There's 80% or nearly 80% of the population overweight. There's a market for PT. 100% right. obesity like, is the leading factor in like in um, mortality and stuff. Absolutely. So I don't even concern myself with shit PTs or shit gyms. Yeah, it's right. like, what can I do to, right, help. to help the people that I'm in front of? Exactly. Right. And so the thing is, I felt for some unbeknownst reason that Penrith was the spot to do it. Right. And so I've come out. I've done... Like, I did... I worked with a few people in the gym to begin with and then things started getting slow. And so, and I still needed to pay rent, right? And so I got a job as a brick stacker for a brick company out in a place called Warragamba, right? Which is also another half an hour drive from Penrith. And so it was 40 minutes, it was 40 minutes from Wentworthfield to Penrith and then half an hour from Penrith to Warragamba, right? So I was literally driving there and back about two hours every day. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I was I was stacking bricks and just listening to podcasts and listening to music and all these like different avenues in which to improve myself and whatnot. But I was still mostly by myself, mm. right? And so like I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend isolation, like complete social isolation, even to my worst enemy, right? But at the same time, it's also a very contributing factor to personal growth and so if you're looking to grow you're going to have to deviate from the norm and go hey wait a second what have i been taught to believe and why have i been taught this way when the way that i think isn't in correlation with how this person's taught me right and so like if you're into personal growth then separate yourself from your crowd and find your herd and create your own way of life because that's what life's for creation in my opinion right and so when i was out at that brickyard just stacking bricks right some days like there were so many bricks to stack that i spent weekends just sleeping in the ute that i had 
at the brickyard, right? So I continue stacking bricks the whole weekend. So some days I'll just, I'll leave Friday morning to go to the gym to train my clients. And then I'd leave the gym to go to the brickyard and then stack bricks the entire weekend and come back home Sunday night. That's some heavy right. shit. <laughs> and so, and like, I just had to do what I did yeah. what I had to do. Yeah, bro, that's it. And so just doing that just really taught me, just really taught me the, the momentous effect of like what hard work does, right? Hard work is not so much, it's not so much the work, it's the process and the character that you build in during that work right makes you mentally stronger well that's right and so and the thing is you have more you have more mental clarity as well because you go you know what i'm here to in this case stack bricks so i'm going to go and stack bricks that's my clear intention like i'm going to get these pallets done whenever i can however long i can right regardless of what happens if i have cuts on my hand or like i can't be bothered wrapping the pallet or shit like that right you still just go out and get it done right and so like that's what that taught me and at the same time what was really beautiful about it is that there's not that much light pollution in Warragamba so every time it was dark outside on a clear night you could see stars from however many spots you wanted to see it right there was infinite amount of stars it's a, be- it's a beautiful spot right I mean there's not much going on there right but at the same time just because I got to work out there and whatnot right like i got to experience that which is absolutely you stunning. working under the stars literally. yeah literally it was inside a warehouse but as soon as i got outside i was sleeping yeah, under the stars yeah i was sleeping under the stars it was stunning and so um yeah if you're going to go out there there's a there's a couple of parks out there you could just park your car in and just check the stars out it's absolutely beautiful mm. and so i did that i did that for about eight months right so from the beginning of last year towards the end of last year and um then about October-ish, I started getting more clients. I started getting more traffic with clients because I'd been at the gym a while. I'd developed a decent relationship with my manager and like I started making decent connections with friends and clients and whatnot. And so things started to pick up at the gym. And so I just carried that momentum forward and then just completely committed to the gym. And then I stopped working. I stopped working at the yard and then I just kept training people and my routine just became I'm going to have clients in the morning or whatever time I would get them because I wasn't really organized back then. Yep. I was just like, you know what? I have a client. Like I have an opportunity that to train someone. I, yeah, I have an opportunity to train someone. I have an opportunity to help someone. I wasn't really helping myself. I was just trying to get that experience that I could get training that particular person so I can develop my skill set. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it, like, it was a bit selfish in a sense at the same time like i was really doing myself a disservice because i really didn't have an organized day an organized sleeping pattern even though i was reading about it like all the time i was still wasn't doing it yeah. right and so like it was then better understanding and better applying the skills that i've learned through reading and through training at the gym and talking with other personal trainers that um i enhanced my ability to then organize my days where now i have my clients on mondays and wednesdays and fridays only right and i get eight hours sleep a night and i'm eating the right foods majority of the time like and so all that stuff changes your aspects of life eh? well it just changes your attitude because attitude is literally everything like Mm -hmm. one of the guys that i listened to on the audio tapes he used to say that it's attitude not aptitude that determines your altitude right Mm. and so it's about 
being able to apply certain principles that you learn with such zeal, right, and such excitement that enables you to have a better experience with that particular task at hand than if you were to complain or condemn other people for circumstances which weren't their fault but your own, right? And so after after all I've started getting clients and whatnot and just developing myself, then because I was driving and I had like clients at like three in the morning, four in the morning, and then some, some so and then some clients and then some clients I finished with at ten o'clock in the evening, right? And I'd have the early clients the next day, right? I was getting like two hours sleep at that point. Yeah. Right. And there was a few instances where I just nearly crashed because I fell asleep behind the wheel. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Right? Mm. I'm making enough money. I'm going to move out. Right. And so I ended up moving out. And so now just with moving out and setting it up, it was just being, hey, you know what? You've got to live your own life now. Right. Like you've got your parents to support you. You've got your family for support. But at the same time, you're in this space now. You've got to own your space. Right. Own and so, space. Yeah, and so now... Because I've owned, I owned my space in my bedroom when I was at home, right? I felt that the transition moving out was pretty straightforward. It was a lot easier because I spent time with myself. I was able to delineate between what I was taught initially and what I'm currently learning and then apply those tools to everyday situations. And now I've expanded that by moving out so these last six months i've just been here at penrith in my apartment and then just working on my goals for this year which was initially to go to at least two seminars and make like a certain amount of money and work with a certain amount of people right but these last couple of months have hindered that but at the same time i was able to pivot and go online and train outside in parks and then on top of that, just increasing my book collection, increasing my organizational skills and just increasing my networks where I'm better able to connect with people who are already at the level that I want to be at so that then it's an easier transition for me to escape my personal biases and understanding so that I can get to a whole different level of thinking so that then what I expand from this expands to the next phase of my life. That's crazy, man. That's a and fucking very good way to think about and it. And so being able to being able to just figure out that things are not things are not complete, right? And that failure failure isn't fatal and success isn't final and things just go. Like the sun rises and then the sun sets, right? <laughs> it goes from day, it goes to night, right? Mm -hmm. And that just happens all the time. So you have adversity and then you have opportunity right and so sometimes like opportunities last longer than the adversities do and sometimes adversities last longer than the opportunities do right so as long as you know that it just consistently passes all the time whatever it is that you're going through just know that it will pass yep. right and so and that's and that's where i've been the last few months just being able to digest more of myself and just be able to personally just work with the people that i'm currently working with and help them transform their lives whilst I'm still transforming my own. And so that's really where I've been these last five years. Like ever since I finished high school, I barely talked to anyone. Like I, I really didn't speak to anyone as soon as I left. 
there's only one person I've ever spoken to since I've left high school and it was Adriano. And yeah. he's been he's been my best mate like long before high school as yeah, well. Yeah. And so he literally outside of school he was literally the only person that I spoke to on a consistent basis. Yeah. He's doing good for himself now. Yeah. Too, yeah, like we're we're literally we're talking to each other all the time. Like we'll test each other like every week, like what our goals are and stuff yeah. like that and we'll hit it up and whatnot. And so like he's doing incredibly well for himself and He's so like driven. He's so definitely driven. and like he's he's definitely gone on the path that both of us have gone on of just like self development yeah. and personal discovery and stuff like that. Because the thing is, it, like you could ask him, you could ask him. Like I was talking about like all of these things that have happened, right? So all of my everything that I've just described now in the last year, right? We were having conversations about this happening right way before it was happening Mm -hmm. right and so and every time we see each other right him and his girlfriend they'll go carlo like i'm amazed like with what you've done because like you said that you were going to do it and you've done it right and i was like yeah that's the entire point yeah right it's like that's why i wanted to do this podcast with you that because like like with chris has seen as well you're just another person like anyone from our grade just our age and you're just you've got you're so driven by your passion and what you want to do and your goals and you're just you're fucking killing it bro that's why i wanted to do it with you like you like you're really inspiring to not just me but to like i feel like a lot of people that that have goals that they want to achieve like you moved out to penrith by yourself to follow you the whole story that you just said where you were living at home and you wanted to follow your passion you were gonna fucking leave your house you had nowhere to stay and then you've moved out here, you got your job at Penrith, like it's all these things that just like it's inspiring. Oh well that's that's the thing. It's like it's not it's not for everyone. Everyone's gonna have their own journey and it's gonna mm. be completely different. Like I mean, some people have gone more extreme than I have and other people probably aren't willing to go as extreme yeah. as I do, right? But at the same time, like my my story is like I like to say unique, but at the same time, it's like there's plenty of other stories out there similar. Yeah. But at the same time, it's your story, right? So exactly. it's not to say that, hey, you have to go and literally defy your parents and go, I'm going to move out cold turkey just to go and follow your dreams. It's sort of like, hey, you know what? I like, I, this is where I want to be. This is the position that I'm currently in. And these are the incremental steps that I need to make in order to get to that goal. Right. I didn't make any incremental steps because I was I was too stubborn. I was too obstinate. Right. <laughs> and like and like it, it cost me it cost me a lot of energy and a lot of time, right? Where if I had listened to some of the things that I've said and I was a bit more open minded, right, then it I, I might be in an improved situation. Whereas at the moment I'm currently in the situation that I'm in based on the level of understanding that I have for the world. Right. And so now it's just about further opening up my mind and speaking to people and communicating at a level that exceeds my current level, right? Because I'm at my current level again because of my current level of understanding. So if I find people who are above me in that area of where I want to be and I'm at their level and I'm speaking their language and I'm putting my ego aside and putting their information in, right? Then I can supersede to where I am now. So again, Mm -hmm where we are right now is just a complete phase right and that either phases out or it phases up because you've decided to commit right and so for me it's just been it's just been a journey it's just another another passage of a life where 
you make something for yourself because you've decided to and other people don't end up taking that leap or making that decision and the thing is whether they um, regret it or not well that's going to be on how they've perceived making that decision or not making that decision and so it's just developing for me it's just been about developing a keen sense of self like you've got to, like you said you've got to believe in what it is that you're doing and yep. ensure that you're taking measures and steps to make that happen and then at the same time just be really open to almost anything where you're going hey wait a second I didn't see it this way or great you pointed it out like that because I didn't realize it that way and mm -hmm. you can combine certain points right and you have that open openness and you will be able to develop and yeah, developing yourself is pretty much I in my opinion developing yourself is your life's work right because you've only had this once right and before this it was just complete blackness for you and after mm -hmm. this will probably be just complete blackness I mean if you believe in something afterwards absolutely fantastic and so but as well scientifically it's just been you don't remember anything before you were born you don't remember anything after you were born either right and so what you have in front of you is really all you have and so developing yourself it's like yes I can become the most enhanced person I've ever been in my life I can live a fulfilled meaningful existence because I've been able to develop myself and so whatever area however speed whatever process as long as you're continually making progress it does not matter right but you get to know that you've built yourself and your life for yourself and Crazy so and that to me is just super important which is why I've done all the things that I've done and I will do everything that I endeavor to do. That's crazy, brother. Before we finish up this podcast, do you want to just tell me about your brand? Yeah, so I've got a personal, at the moment, it's a personal training brand and it's called Otis Fit, right? And so what Otis Fit means to me is that it's based, it's based on a story, right? And it's a classic story and it's called The Odyssey by an author called Homer, right? Or poet Homer, right? And so... The story goes that the protagonist, Ulysses, is traveling from, I think, one of the Turkish cities back to Ithaca, right, to go with his wife. And on his way, right, he encounters storms, he encounters sirens, and he encounters all other arduous impediments to his journey. And so, whilst at home, his wife's dealing with horny courtiers, right, and seductive courtiers that are trying to win her over so that they can get into power. Right, and so the the end of the story goes that he's made it home and that like he's successful in his voyage and whatnot. And so being able to identify that you're able to endeavor and encompass that particular voyage called your own life, right, enables you to realize that you have more ability than you realize. And so my brand just represents that you're able to further encompass your abilities by going over what you believed you could do and no matter the obstacle right you're just going to get the work done and then you will reap the rewards for your work and wow. so it's again just so much meaning so much meaning behind that. I love it, bro. ensuring yeah ensuring <laughs> ensuring you keep you keep your culture and your belief and your values to the rightness of doing good for the world mm. then 
that that develops and envelops into something blossoming where if you may feel that you have virtue towards something but it's for your own selfish needs and wants and whatnot you might not be able to blossom as well as if you were a bit more selfless and so like that's that's what my brand means and so for me it's about it's about changing culture and so I want to own a gym eventually and a chain of gyms eventually right promulgating this culture where people have the ability to supersede themselves and supersede their caliber that they're currently in and then develop what they would call in Dragon Ball Z their final form right and so that's crazy and so and that final form doesn't mean it's absolutely final it just means that they put in so much work that this is the result of that much work and that much effort and that much energy manifested into that work right that they've gone wow holy moly like i didn't even think i could do or be or endeavor this where i was just taught that this is what i believe and like this is what i'm supposed to believe and this is how i'm supposed to live my life like and so like it's beyond that and so because as younger as younger beings right our um our neuro our neurological priority is survival right and so if we just spend all of our time surviving and not thriving right you don't get this level of thinking right Mm -hmm. and so for me it's trying to help the people that i'm working with break out of that and so and then develop a culture where people are coming to train not because they want to look good or they want to be aesthetic and it's it's because they want to train to improve themselves incrementally, not just physically, but mentally. And that carries over outside the gym as well. Amazing, bro. Fuck. That's hectic. All right, bro. We might wrap it up there. Um, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at the Carlo Tassoni, And I'm continually posting content on like how I think and client results and like questionnaires. Like if you want answered questions answered and stuff like that and you're interested like i'm mostly active there and then my facebook page is oddest fit as well so that's that's developing that's in the works and be working with more people there as well tune in for next time we're going to be talking about conspiracies and some other stuff yeah that's all good all right thanks for watching guys that's hectic